people live righteously. Time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is Articles of News, episode 492. We are eight away from our episode 500. Those that are viewers uh, on Patreon, they have gone to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. They're able to see the video. Uh, it is a brisk 57 degrees in the studio that I'm in right now. Uh, Brother Kyle's at home also wearing his winter coat. It's a brisk 58 here. Yeah, yeah. We are not yeah. in Texas. We are not in the South, although I was, and I'm sure we'll talk about that for a brief moment here at the beginning. Uh, welcome to Articles of News. Tons of news, because we haven't done this for several weeks. How was your Valentine's Day, Brother Kyle? Great. I love, you know I love Valentine's. Mm-hmm. I know you love, probably... you love miracles, mountain biking, and Valentine's Day. And snow. And snow. <laughs> All my favorite things. Snow and love. And hearts and candy. Mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm, my gosh! Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I love Valentine's. Did Day. you? Did you? Were you spoiled by your significant other? No. No. Did you? Spoil? We don't celebrate it. You don't at all. No, because I, if you if you couldn't tell, I was being sarcastic and joking. I don't care for the holiday. Uh-huh. I I never have, and some things that happened in the last uh, you know ten years made it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have Valentine's stories, horrible stories. I appreciated your Kyle side, which is only visible. For those that are Patreon subscribers, where you talked about uh, divorce for Valentine's Day. Well, you asked the, you nope. put the question. No, I did not. You probably had hundreds of questions to choose from. I did and not the choose one about the question. Divorce. It was Ange, I think is who it was, who sent the question, contact at theculturalhall.com. We open that up for Patreon subscribers to be able to ask you. Any sort of question can be serious or fun or whatever it is. And then on uh, on Facebook, in the Facebook group, that special group that if you're only a Patreon subscriber that you get to see these videos, Kyle pontificates for whatever length he needs to uh, to be able to address the question or questions at hand. Right. So so I appreciate hearing your take for Valentine's Day. Uh, we had the discussion in our home uh, about what Valentine's means, uh, how we're going to celebrate it. Since we're relatively still newlyweds, we're still navigating uh, what that means to each of us. Are um, you still newlyweds? Ish. What? What How do you define? How long have you been married? A uh, year and a half. Uh, yeah. I, I guess. I mean, we seems like newlyweds to me is a year. Okay. Okay. We but are. Yeah. You're. I'll call it still. Yeah. No. I mean, we're toddler weds. Would that be? Yeah. Would that, would that be a fair term for it? Yep. We're, but we're still figuring things out. We were out of town, uh, which is why last Monday's episode of the Cultural Hall came in the evening time. Because I got the blessing of being in the South for a deep freeze. <laughs> so so listen up, all you Alabama listeners of the Cultural Hall, you lifers, you Louisiana folks, you Texans. Uh, what a train wreck to be in the South when it's cold. I'll tell you briefly what happened. We were in Baton Rouge, which is where uh, my, my wife's family is now. She was uh, raised in Lafayette. And, uh, and well, here's the deal. Uh, it got cold. It was beautiful. Last, I guess, two weeks ago today, I was in New Orleans and it was 76 degrees and hot and I was sweating and walking around and I got to see the Capitol uh, there in Baton Rouge and just gorgeous, gorgeous weather. It's why you go to the South in the wintertime. And by the end of the week that I was there, it was 45 and just gosh awful. When we got to the airport, we were to fly out of the Baton Rouge airport at 1 in the afternoon uh, and, and get out. But the, uh, the problem was, well, w- when there's cold weather and snow, uh, people don't know how to, you know, function. And so we, we got from Baton Rouge to Dallas-Fort Worth, no problem, everything's good. People didn't show up for their jobs at Dallas-Fort Worth, so there's no security checkpoint people, no TSA people. And by no people, I mean literally one person for an entire terminal checking your ID. I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. One person to check your ID and your boarding pass and then signal you on to where there were more workers doing the security checkpoint. The line for TSA, three and a half hours. Three and a half hours. Finally get to the terminal. Uh, or to the uh, you know to the gate where our flight would be. Our plane is still there. We say hi. We are these individuals. That is our plane. 
And they say, no, it's too late. And I'm like, it's not too late. The plane is right there. Let me on that plane. And they said, sorry, no, we can't do that. Another woman shows up after me. She happens to know the pilot on the plane, calls the pilot on on the (laughs) cell phone. He comes out up the jetway or whatever it's called to come get her and allows her to get on the plane. And I said, I also am on that plane. I would like to go home. This is Sunday. I would like to go home as well, just like this woman would like to. And he said, no, I'm sorry. I said, you're literally allowing her on the plane. Will you please let me go on the plane as well? He wouldn't. So we get bumped to the 7 o'clock. I would have been furious. I was. I was. I would have eventually been arrested because I I would have grabbed him by the throat. I I said some terrestrial level swear words uh, under my breath and out loud. Uh, Good. So then we get moved to the 7 o'clock flight. Oh, no, that's not it. That's The story does not end there, Brother Kyle. I get moved to the 7 o'clock flight, which, because everything is delayed, doesn't end up being a, a 7 o'clock flight at all. It ends up being on the 9 o'clock flight, and I make sure that I'm at the gate. So in case you're wondering, that's eight hours at the airport, which oh. if you want to define what outer darkness looks like, it's eight hours at an airport. <laughs> Part of which, and I love him dearly, and in the event that he uh, hears this, I want him to know that I enjoyed our time together. I ran into an old mission buddy there in the airport. And, Saw that. And, and, and he is a stand-up comedian in Los Angeles, and he's very talented. He will likely be a future guest of uh, the uh, Cultural Hall because he, you know, he has a church connection, certainly, and uh, and he does the stand-up comedy. But if you've ever spent eight hours with a stand-up comedian, that is not something that you ever want to do. They really? Don't, they don't have the ability to step off the stage like you would hope they would. You know, you know those people that are always yeah. on that you're like, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Can we? He was great. I'm not downplaying that. What's the that? deal with airplane yeah, yeah, yeah. food? We haven't had any yet, yeah. but I can't wait to try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, will you read my screenplay? Which I did, and it's very funny. He Are had you it. Yes. <laughs> it was all of those things. Then we get on the plane and we get seated, and we're like, "Oh yes, thank goodness, this hellacious day is finally over." And we're there, and the captain comes on. He's like, yeah, we're going to be a little bit delayed, and you know, you're getting text messages to your phone because that's how the airline lets you know now. That your time was to be 9.30, but now it's been moved to 10. And we're on the plane. And the baby is accordingly seated in the in the seat row behind me. And it's Perfect. crying because that's how it works for me on planes. And they bump it another time. And then the captain gets on and he says, hey, guess what? The fuel pumps are frozen and we have overfueled this plane. I'm not joking. We've overfueled this plane. We have another plane for you. We need everyone to deboard and go to another gate. Now, the other gate was in a completely different terminal. And we all were like, okay, well, here's the thing about the DFW airport. The terminals are not close, like further than the Salt Lake Airport is. I've they, been there. They have a yeah. uh, they have a train that runs and takes you to the different uh, terminals, which was frozen and shut down. So you had to walk from the terminal that you were in, where your flight fuel pump froze, to the next terminal to be able to get there. And we did it in a steadfast manner, where we got to the gate, and then they said, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, there's not a plane. You guys are stuck here tonight." And we said, "Well, surely." Surely what you're going to do, because I've heard of these situations before, surely you're going to put us up somewhere so that we might be comforted. There is a a hotel that is attached to the DFW airport. You certainly are going to put us up in a room there. And they said, no, because it's weather. And we said, it's not weather. You overfueled the plane and the fuel pumps froze. And they said, that was the original problem. We ended up not being able to launch that other flight because of the weather. And I was like, there, there was no other plane. That's fine. Lie to me. That's perfectly fine. So we got a lift in the middle of the night to a hotel that we didn't know where it was. And we actually grabbed a lift with another person so that we could split the fare. And we said, this is great. And we get to the hotel and there was one room left. It was serendipitous. And we laid our head down to rest thinking, we know we've been moved to the next day. Certainly we'll get out of town. Well, we woke up early the next morning only to find that the power is out in our hotel room and it's 50 degrees in our hotel room and it's shivering and our phones didn't charge and we had to make our way to the airport. At this point, they've received between five and six inches of snow, which 
is a lot for Texas. It's a lot for anyone, but it's a lot for Texas who doesn't know, know how to drive on the road. And so no Uber drivers are driving, no Lyft drivers are driving, and no taxi drivers are driving. So how do you get from point A to point B when no one is driving? You talk to the person at the hotel who says, I've got a cousin. And yes, he had a cousin who came and got us. Showed up in the big black SUV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Showed up in the big black SUV and said, hey, where are you going? And we said, the airport, and we need to get there as soon as possible. And he said, great, buckle up. And we said, how much is this going to cost? And he said, $60 a person. Now, we were going five miles away in this SUV at $60 a person. So $120 plus the $100 hotel room. So this, you know, this, uh, this um, little mishap from the airlines, we're in $250 now, essentially on this whole thing and we get to the airport then and the line is out the door literally out of the doors and in the freezing cold which didn't matter because in the dallas fort worth uh airport in that particular terminal which we had to fly out of the furnace wasn't working because they've never had to really use it i'm surprised they even had one yeah so we're waiting it's poorly insulated we get through the line of security checkpoint which again had the one person working to be able to be like, are you Richard Stedman? Take your mask Still down. Still just one? Yeah, yes, yes. We get to our terminal. We get to the gate. And we're there. Now, we had got to the airport about four and a half hours before our flight was to leave. And we got to our gate ten minutes before they closed the door on the plane. And we get seated on the plane. And we're like, oh, yes. Yes, this is perfect. We've made it onto the plane. Safety. We are out of here. You know, it's clearer conditions today. Surely we're going to be fine. And the baby that is now only two rows behind me is giving its proper as we go to take off. Because surely you want to fly with your baby, especially in a pandemic. Yes. But any time with your baby is a good time. Sure, sure. And then the captain gets on. Oh, yeah, attention. We're going to be delayed about half an hour. Okay, half an hour. I can handle that. Half an hour is no big deal after this entire ordeal that I've already been through. No big deal. I'll take that. Half an hour goes and comes and goes. Oh, yeah, it's going to have to be another hour. And it's like, okay, an hour. That's fine. I put a podcast in my ears. I'm reading a book. I'm, you know, I'm entertaining myself with the knowledge that I'll eventually leave. Hour comes and goes. You know, quite frankly, we're not really sure when we're going to get out of here today or uh, uh, if we're going to get out of here today. So uh, just hang tight, everyone. We'll try and keep you updated. Why? Well, you have to get de-iced. Uh-huh. Let me tell you what the Houston or the Dallas Fort Worth airport is not particularly experienced at or has the right amount of mobilities to do. A de-icer. It is a huge hub, American Airlines hub, huge hub, and lots of planes go in and out. And I think they have one de-icing machine. And I'm pretty sure it's one guy just breathing on the wings of the plane. It, it's Daryl yeah. with a warm rag. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl, get up there. All right, I'm hurrying. We left three and a half hours after our scheduled leave time, 36 hours after our original leave time, and finally got home. And my wife looked at me and said, next time we go to visit my family, we're driving. (laughs) And that was happy Valentine's Day because because as part of that, we decided early in that conversation, if we didn't have enough stress from just being late and whether or not we were going to get out, we wanted to really define how we show love for each other on Valentine's Day. <laughs> and needless to say, I don't know that I have spoken the correct love language uh, for Valentine's Day previous to now. But now I am aware of what I need to do moving forward. So, Oh, what's your love language? Well, so, so I, uh, I am a difficult person to love. I know that because uh, I... I if you just talk to me, you would think, oh, he doesn't need any of those things, right? He doesn't need the, you know, the special attention or anything like that. Or, you, don't, you know, don't buy him any gifts. And there's there's some truth to all that. But I don't like to just be dismissed or forgotten. And so it, it's sort of a, a tightrope, you know, where if you get me something, I'm, I'm not necessarily really going to like whatever that gift is because I just don't feel like, you know, just buying me something to buy something is a great thing. 
But conversely, I don't want you to not buy me any sort of gift. But my wife is very big into like taking the time and preparing beforehand so that on the day it has been uh, a long time coming and here is the delivery of the gift. And I am sort of of the mind when I'm giving gifts of love that I'm like, listen, if the gift is due at like Friday at six, you're going to get the gift Friday at six. And if I did that gift Friday at five or if I did that gift the Monday before at noon, you know, it, it's all the same. So long as Friday at six, the gift is ready to go. And she does not feel similarly. So we learned. We grew. We uh, Yeah. And and then I tried the approach of, you know, that uh, Valentine's Day was just created by the, the, the greeting cards people as a way to, to sell more goods. Not a good approach. Uh, 30 hours into a stay at a airport. It does not, <laughs> that does not bear the fruit that you would hope it would. No. Uh, I got a couple emails into the show that I want to share and a couple of reviews that go along with a big announcement. So let me just get back this because we haven't done this news episode for a while. Uh, let me go here. The first one is uh, from Jennifer. Jennifer says, every time I hear you read an email from a happy listener, which I do need to say that it's brought to you by Utah Taste Off, follow them on Instagram at Utah Taste Off. They now do delivery of delicious things, and you can participate in the Utah Taste Off. Uh, it's at Utah Taste Off on Instagram. She says, every time I hear you read an email from a happy listener, I feel guilty for procrastinating my feedback. She says, episode 443. So this is a while back now with Cameron Staley, remains my favorite. It offers a refreshing change of perspective on how to approach issues with pornography and other compulsions. It is a great reminder that there is more than one path to healing. Thanks for bringing Cameron and ACT, which is sort of the method that he deal dealt with, to light in this episode. It was so enlightening. So thank you, Jennifer, for your email. We got this email from uh, Steve. Steve says, hey, Richie. I was thinking about your 500th episode. Have you ever tried to get an apostle on the show? They have self-admittedly said that they don't have that they don't have very busy schedules right now. Give it a try. You never know. Hope you're good, Steve. So, Steve, I'm I'm willing to try it. We've sort of tried it in the past, so I'm willing to try it again. This uh, email from Jodine. And I want to tell you, Jodine, and tell you, Brother Kyle, too, this will probably be an impetus for a future episode because I wrestled with what she says. Tell me if you hear it the same way that I heard it. Jodine says, I love your podcast. There was one episode where Richie talked about he and his wife. Uh, now, for people who don't know, maybe this is your first time listening to The Cultural Hall. My wife is not a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So Jodine goes on. She says, how he has compromised church and religion, how she is so supportive of Richie. It seems like it was part of a maybe another podcast. It wasn't the main subject. My daughter is going through a similar situation. I told her about what you have done, and she would love to hear it. Can you direct me to which episode that was? And I'm not actually sure uh, if that was an episode of the Cultural Hall. It might have been my episode that I was on um, for Leading Saints, and you can check that out at leadingsaints.org. That's what Kurt does. But did did the sentence, how he has compromised church and religion, strike you as at least something to pause about, Kyle? At first, but sometimes I've heard that phrased in a way that, uh, to like uh, compromise, as like bring them together and make it work. Right. Instead of like, oh, you've compromised your car by not, by having bald tires on it, right? Safety of it, right? N not in a in a negative way. I, I I think I understand what she's saying after I thought about it a moment. Yeah, it it took me a minute too, and by a minute I mean I stewed on that for several days. I'm like, I haven't compromised. I didn't compromise, yeah. you know. And then I was like, oh oh oh, like that we together have sort of found our way through that whole thing. So yeah. So uh, thank you to her email, and then um. I think that that's probably it for now because I do want to get to a couple of reviews. Now, if you have been listening, you know that we're gearing up for our 500th episode celebration. 500 episodes, a decade of doing the Cultural Hall. Uh, we have been pushing for 300 reviews. So I will share for you now this review. Review number 298. This is from Love and KSL. It says, Richie is fantastic. Uh, Richie is a fantastic guy, just gold. Okay. This one is, ep uh, this is review number 
299 says, love this podcast from Cindy Lee. I have been listening to your show for almost a year now. I love the lightheartedness and goofy banter with Brother Kyle and other guests, but I also love how real you are and that you are not afraid to talk about the hard stuff with real feelings. Thank you for that. Uh, this is episode, or this is review number 300. That's right. We got there. We officially made it to our goal. Review wow. 300 from Kurt Hall. The Cultural Hall show provides fun and thought-provoking content that find unique parts of our Latter-day Saint culture. I highly recommend every Latter-day Saint subscribe and benefit from the good work of Richie and others in the hall. So thank you, Kurt Hall, our 300th review. And we have our 301st review. This from Missionary Grammy, which I love that name so much. Uh, She says, I love this show in podcast form. I found this show a few years ago during a difficult time in my life. It really helped me to hear various guests talk about their challenges challenges and issues that can be hard or even impossible to talk about at church. Richie is great at interviewing in an informal but perceptive way and delving into sometimes sensitive topics compassionately. The articles of news episodes are informative and entertaining. Please keep up the good work. P.S. I love Brother Kyle. So, oh. so I want you to what, know, Brother Kyle. What was Kyle, her name? It's Missionary Grammy. Missionary Grammy. Did you ever get one of those or were you not good enough? Did I ever get, get a, a missionary Grammy? A missionary Grammy? Grammy? Oh, boo. Boo. I only got a missionary Emmy. That was the best <laughs> I did. That was the best. I'm, I'm working for my missionary EGOT, but now we've gone way off the rails and people will go, what even is that? Look it up. EGOT. Let's take a break and uh, let's just, we've got so much news to get to. We'll come back and do that in the second half of Articles of News. <laughs> Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hey, this is Dan, the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. Friends, I know a lot of you guys and girls are working from home. So here's some tips for making sure your computer is ready for working at home, because if your computer fails, it's going to be really hard to get it fixed because of dwindling supply and parts. But we have parts right now, and we have a limited supply of new computers available for you. Make sure your computer is healthy and virus and malware free. Hackers are trying to infect people and stealing their information during these challenging times. We'll scan the health of your computer for viruses and malware, plus scan your hard drive, memory, and components to make sure you don't have any failing parts. You want to make sure you have strong antivirus and malware protection software as well. Just get into any PC laptops and we'll check your hardware and your software and scan your computer for viruses for absolutely free. Just go to PCLaptops.com. At PC Laptops, we've been serving you for over 28 years, and we've got your back during these times of need. We're all in this together. So just go to PCLaptops.com, and we'll get you taken care of. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Now, because we haven't done news for a while, we have got a ton. Uh, Why don't you uh, kick it off with a little retirement news? Oh, uh, Robert Kirby has retired now. If uh, if you don't know who that is or is retiring, I don't know if he's done his last bit. Uh, he's he writes articles that are uh, what are they? They're they're satirical, sometimes are, parody, humorous. I think is the attempt. Some would argue that. Yeah, he, he writes for the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, he is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. He's a former policeman, but he is quite liberal i would say and and he is good at poking fun you know it, i always say if you can't make fun of yourself then you know what have you got yep. and he he does that even more than me uh as far as his religious beliefs go and things about it i actually quite enjoyed him i know he rubbed some people the wrong way 
I have a term for those people. It has to do with a stick, but, <laughs> but you know, what? It, it, it's, it's just fun. He, he, he kind of pokes fun because we're a different type of, of, uh, people. Everybody yeah. is. And so he, he kind of made fun of that. He once, he once said that he could beat up Gordon B. Hinckley. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. So, so he, so he was, he was the very definition of hit or miss to me. <laughs> right. 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 Like there would be sometimes that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so hilarious. But like when he missed, it was like that. That is that's either sure. tasteless or just you know just didn't resonate with me. You know, but but you know he was putting it out there. So mm-hmm. you know that's what's going to happen with a comedian or actor or somebody. Sometimes you're just going to miss, uh, and he did. But um, he he was. Uh, I mean, I thought he had some great stories in there from him being Mormon. He he tried uh, medical marijuana. Uh, for some medical issues that he had. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, he's retiring. I, I saw some comments because we posted on the Cultural Hall on Facebook about it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that some people didn't care for him. Yeah. I mean, it, for some people, I, I know there was an incident that he had a couple of years ago. I don't think we've talked too much about it, where he had to actually take a, a like a leave of absence from his job because of one of the articles that he wrote or something that he had done sort of offline or online but not having to do with his work and so mm. um so yeah i mean okay bye that's what i said when i shared that he was leaving oh, yeah you know yeah that's what i saw yours and i thought that was interesting i thought don't do you not care for him that much uh, i i just you know here here is the thing and, and i mean this genuinely right i really like the cultural hall i know from sharing the emails and reviews that people like the cultural hall but when we stop doing the cultural hall at some point People will go, oh, I really miss that. And then they'll never think about it ever again. It's true. You yeah. know? And, and that's kind of how I, I, I think about uh, Robert <laughs> Kirby. Yeah, he is good sometimes. Yeah. And, and then, you know, we'll sort of go his way. Uh, a couple of recommendations, if I may, for just a quick minute. Uh, this is uh, LDS Church Adjacent. There is a podcast, a documentary podcast, 10 episodes uh, called Unfinished Short Creek. Now, this is about the FLDS Church uh, navigating the trauma after Warren Jeff's conviction. It is fascinating. If you like podcasts, and obviously you're listening to The Cultural Hall, so you must on some level enjoy those. Uh, It's called Unfinished Short Creek, and you should check it out. Ten episodes. You can burn through it in a week, but make sure you listen to The Cultural Hall first. Uh, Another kind of cool thing, this is going to be in March on Netflix. Murder Among the Mormons. This is the uh, docu-series about the uh, Mark Hoffman bombings back in 1985. I know several of the um, folks involved with the church, both those that own bookstores, and I know Rick Turley, previous guest of the Cultural Hall, uh, he is going to be in this as well. It is a docu-series. If you don't know anything about like the Salamander letters or about Mark Hoffman or about the the fraudulent documents from the 80s. I remember there was a uh, made-for-TV special that came out, this is probably 15, maybe 20 years ago, when I had never heard about this before, and I was watching it on TV, and I was like, there's no way that this is real. It's real, and it's real crazy. It's called uh, Murder Among the Mormons. And uh, Napoleon Dynamite, the director, Jared Hess, uh, Mm -hmm. he is involved with it, as well as Tyler Meesom, uh, so you can uh, so you can expect that it will be of a Hollywood level of production as far as that goes. A couple other just quick stories. Uh, L.A. County firefighters extinguished a dumpster fire. Someone <laughs> I they appre- put out 2020. I wait for it. Someone after the fire right. got put out spray painted 2020 on the front of the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> that was in L.A. and then in At- uh, Altus, Oklahoma. There was a fire at a church, uh, this is a couple Sundays ago, where several thousand dollars of, of destruction at that particular church. Uh, and then I think maybe I'll go actually here, just because it's adjacent to that. Uh, in Loveland, Colorado, just this past Tuesday, the Loveland Police Department said they arrested a man suspected of entering a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints meeting house and setting a small fire in the kitchen. So you're thinking, what, is he making he making donuts? He's making cookies? He's He was trying to keep warm and something got out of hand? Oh, no. 
Uh, once officers arrived, they were they evacuated four people in the building that were unaware of what was happening, likely uh, family history folks in a different part of the building. They traced the smoke that appeared on the south side of the building to the kitchen where they found Raymond John Ramsey, 45, barricaded into the kitchen. They broke down the door, found Ramsey, who is, who is suspected of setting several small fires. They used an ex, a fire extinguisher mounted in the hallway, and they charged him with the following. So you're still wondering, well, what was he making there in the kitchen? They charged him with first-degree arson, uh, endangering life, which is a third-degree felony, a second-degree burglary, forced entry, which is a fourth-degree felony. They charged him with a first-degree criminal trespass and unlawful possession of methamphetamines. I knew it. I would have guessed meth. Bacon, bacon meth at the church. That is next-level criminal activity. Cooking meth in the church. Yep. <laughs> All right. What, what else do you got? Saw in the news yesterday that uh, passing away of Rush Limbaugh. Mm, I think everybody knows who he is. He's a very conservative talk show host. Now you're going, well, why are you mentioning that during the cultural hall? It's not Brother Limbaugh. No, it's not. But it nearly was. Really? Did you know? Yeah. uh, Eight or nine years ago, he and his wife, Catherine, he confirmed this in a story. He said, we've been meeting with Mormon missionaries for the past few months and are seriously considering committing to the Utah-based Church of Jesus Christ for Latter-day Saints. What? Yeah. And it said, uh, so he was quite forthcoming in how his fascination with Mormons began. Over the years, he says, there's been a number of things, the Mormons, that have really caught my attention. Uh, Mormons are the most conservative religious group in the United States. Their support for President Bush, traditional marriage, the Tea Party, has really earned my respect. Wow. He said. And so, uh, and you know what? Finally, uh, he did not convert. Uh, he found out that he would have to give up his cigars, uh, affairs with prostitutes, and <laughs> drug use. Uh, come, and come so on. he. Brother Kyle, he just barely passed. Let's be a little. Was, <laughs> let, us be a, let us be a little sensitive. Sorry. <laughs> it, did, did he quote the cigar use was one of the reasons why not? No. Oh. <laughs> That's just me. I thought. I nor, thought. Nor, I thought. I thought the cigars were for sure what he said, and then you editorialized the other stuff. Then I added the others. Nope, all three of those made up by me. I wonder. The huge respect from him for the LDS community. Actually, he spoke very highly of them. I wonder uh, with the conversion of Glenn Beck, who also a conservative talk radio host. I wonder if that played any sort hmm. of part of it, or like if. Glenn Beck is hopping on the phone and being like, what questions do you have, Brother Limbaugh? Is there anything that I can uh, be able to right. answer from your last meeting with the missionaries? That's crazy. Maybe he's the one. Maybe he wrote the, his name on a card, sent him Rush's number, mm. yeah. and that's how they... And, and it's too bad, because right now, Rush, it's a little hot, isn't it? Uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> now your regrets now. Yeah. I love I love the premise of Glenn Beck being somewhere where the missionaries give you one of those referral cards at the end of like the video or something, and they're yeah. like, "Think of someone that you might know, uh, anyone that you might know that oh. might be interested." And he's like, "Rush Limbaugh," and <laughs> gives him his address. That SOB didn't invite me to his birthday. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, there it is. I did not know about that connection with Russia and the church. Yeah. A couple things. Uh, this week is uh, Roots Tech. And uh, so if you are not participating in Roots Tech, I encourage you to check it out. I mean, there's a bunch of cool keynote speakers. We've listed them in the past. You can find a complete list of them uh, with the show notes at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode. One of my favorite people that I've ever heard interviewed is Astrid Tumenez, which if you don't know, she is the the um, university president of the Utah Valley University. She's a convert to the church and has the most amazing story ever. She is one of the strongest, most intellectual, intelligent uh, individuals ever that I've that I've ever heard interviewed. So uh, she is one of the keynote speakers for Roots Tech. Uh, a lot of it is free. I think maybe most of it, if not all of it, but certainly a way that you can interact. And if you're thinking, oh, all it is is family trees and history charts, you're wrong. That's your mom's genealogy. Roots Tech is actually pretty cool. So I'm, I'm going to spend some time later this week about being able to check that out. Uh, this as well, the uh, sketch for the new Syracuse Temple 
uh, was released just later last week. The construction of the temple was announced in 2020. It's 89,000 feet. You don't care for where it is. You want it to be farmland as I... Oh, no, that's the Leighton no, Temple. Leighton one. Yeah, yeah. Syrac- Syracuse I'm good with. It's a good spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the uh, state of Utah currently has 17 operating temples. In addition to Syracuse, there are other ones in Orem, St. George, the Red Cliffs Temple, Taylorsville, and Tooele Valley. Leighton and Saratoga Springs temples are currently under construction. What else do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, Lori Vallow Daybell, who we've spoken about here. Yeah, quite a bit. Quite often. Uh, and uh, you have a great connection for getting us stories on that. From Nate uh, Eaton not... up at uh, East Idaho News. Sorry, just wanted to give yeah. him the plug. Yeah, uh, she will not be getting a cell phone in jail following a ruling by District Judge Stephen Boyce. Uh, he made the decision at the end of a Zoom meeting hearing with Special Prosecutor Rob Wood. Uh, Chad Daybell's attorney, John Pryor, and Lori Daybell's attorney, Mark Means, uh, the attorneys argued that uh, whether Lori should be given a cell phone uh, to communicate privately with her attorney. Oh, I thought it was maybe to check up on her kids. Hmm. Oh, nope. wait a minute. Uh, several disputes. Brother uh, Kyle. About... <laughs> Come on. I'm, I'm going to have to edit that. No, please don't. I Okay, uh, I won't, but send those okay. emails to... Contact at theculturalhall.com, courtesy of Brother Kyle, and I'll make you deal with those for your next Kyle side. Why you can be so dark and horrible of a human being. Well, it's it's Lori Daybell. It's the Uh, worst story ever. Honestly, the way those kids died is seriously the worst. And the fact that they were so, like, disconnected from it and, and moved to Hawaii and all those things, it's terrible. I don't understand how you could joke around about something like that. Because she is one of the most horrible people okay. on the planet. Okay. She really is. Her her and Chad are two of the, the just most horrible people. So I you, can't think of many people worse. So you joke so you don't cry. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Now, let me ask you this. This was a cool uh, article, and I almost didn't even believe it. Did you know, and if you have not listened to these yet, the piping up organ concerts at Temple Square? Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah. Online. Yep. You can uh, watch them play the organ at the, uh, it's not the conference center, it's at the, uh, not the assembly hall, it's the, why can't I think of what it's called? The round domed building on Temple Square. Now I can't think of it either, but yeah. <laughs> um, uh, why can't gosh, I think of, is it? We're, people are yelling at us right now. Yeah. Um, why can't I think of what it's called? You know, my grandpa was baptized in that building. There's a baptismal font at the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. On the uh, southwest corner, there's a door, and people always wonder what the door is to. There's a baptismal font because it used to be like a, a stake center. Why can't we think the tabernacle? The tabernacle of Temple Square. Yeah. You know, like the tabernacle choir. You know, like the tabernacle. <laughs> That's what it's called. Uh, you can request the songs that they play as part of piping up organ concerts at Temple Square. Freebird! You free bird! Now, what you have to do is you have to submit your request and enter the title and composer of the organ piece. So I have already, and I'm not joking, requested the organ piece of Freebird and requested the organ piece of Indigata De Vida. Both. Oh, as, soon, as soon as I saw that, I Google searched for organ arrangements of those two songs and sent them. They won't do it ever, but I 100% submitted them as requests. It was done on Simpsons. They should do it. Yes. I've heard it done. It's beautiful in an organ. On the Simpsons, though, I think the request was, uh, this is In the Garden of Eden by I, Ron Butterfly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, This was a cool story, just worth noting, and I'm actually going to try and get her on the show in the future. Whitney Johnson was just uh, hired to be the Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete Development, Diversity, and inclusion at BYU. Now, this is a new position to help BYU Athletics in its continuing efforts to best support all of its student-athletes, including in relation to the issues of diversity and inclusion. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool to see BYU taking that step for diversity and inclusion. And like I say, I'm going to try and get her on the show in the future. What else do you have, Brother Kyle? Boy, well, man, the church, our church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints now? Mm Mm-hmm. We're doing all right. We're rich. We made $6 billion with a B dollars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on an investment. Uh, $6 billion, Fox 13 
news reported it, a 16% jump in its Amazon holdings. So it shot up by about 650 million and its Tesla account went from 1 million to 330 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just good. So you're thinking, oh man, well, why are they getting all that money? Well, because we have money invested so that we can do stuff mm-hmm. like feed and house people and send supplies places. So we invest money. So uh, anybody with investments over the past, well, 20 years, 10 years, five years, one year, or six months has made pretty good money and we did too. And so I'm waiting for the, you know, the big slamming article to come out. Well, the church made $6 billion. They should, they're hoarding money. Well, no, we spend it on stuff. So, yeah. so there's the story at a time we made 6 billion. Yeah. I, our- I saw that headline too. And I was like, yeah, cause they're wisely invested. <laughs> I didn't, yeah. I didn't make $6 billion in 2020, but I did make about 14% on the money that I do have invested. Yeah, Be- as did everybody that invested in Tesla, Amazon, Chevron. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the, what it is. So, But it's yeah. good because then we can use that money. Yeah, to, to hopefully be able good to, things. To, to send food places, to send fuel and food and relief and all of those things. And you know, there will always be people that say, oh, but you could do more. Why don't you take that money, then outsell it and, and you know, be able to do other things? And I think that they do. I don't think that they are just trying to build the biggest nest egg. They certainly have costs. Uh, were we to get into a, a point where there was some sort of depression or something like that, the church has costs that it needs to cover to be able to move in perpetuity. And we have to have money stockpiled to be able to do that. I just think of it like... Um, you know, your own personal finance, right? They tell you to have three to six months uh, to cover anything that might go on. Well, the church has to have a little bit more than three to six months. So how much does the church cost to run a year or two years? We don't know. Do you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it, it's a huge organization. Right. So we look at it from the eyes of (laughs) you know, this, this smaller amount of money and, and maybe it's more, maybe they could do more. Uh, in my mind's eye, I like to think, okay, they're, they are wise stewards of money and are trying to do as best they can for everyone that might be in need. So hopefully that that's the case. Uh, this, well, the entirety of the article about the Pocatello Temple is incorrect, according to Larry Fisher, a local representative of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Fisher released the information to the media on Wednesday morning. However, later that afternoon, he informed the media that the information was not correct and to disregard it. He told people that the Pocatello Temple was going to be uh, open housed October 1st through mid-December of this year. And maybe that's their plan, or maybe that was their original plan, but I think someone told Larry Fisher, guys, that's not happening. Make sure you rescind that from the media, to which Larry Miller or Larry Fisher said, yeah, 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 guys, uh, I was wrong. That's in, that information isn't correct. I overspoke, or that was the original plan. Uh, I forget what I said. But they're continuing the building on the Pocatello Temple. Um, speaking of Idaho, I love this article so much, and I want to be able to get this this guy on the show. Elder Stollard is his name. Now, this is a, 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 a thing called 208 Redial. So if you don't know what 208 is, that's the area code for Idaho. The headline, so what, what they essentially do is they, they are in now times and they visit olden times to the, the articles that they, that they did um, either in the newspaper or on the news and they just sort of bring it back, kind of like a remember when. So this was 20 years ago for this 208 redial. Elder Stollard was determined to set a new record for consuming the Double Big Judd Burger, a pound of beef on a bun with plenty of extras. And so it is this feature story about a Mormon missionary in 2001. He was six foot four, 290 pounds. And what he had decided to do was take on all the eating challenges in his mission area where he was serving. Mm. So he took on the double big Judd. Uh, there's another one where uh, earlier that week he had taken on three patties, a hot dog, pastrami, cheese covered with chili. It was called the Rockies Challenge. And he went mm. week to week and was featured by these various news outlets that he was an elder just Knocking out food challenges. It's from 2001. You can find a link for it at theculturalhall.com. It is a charming and hilarious 
uh, article that features this Elder Stollard. If you know Elder Stollard, served in Idaho 2001, contact at theculturalhall.com. I would love to see how he's doing and if he's still with us or he found himself on the on the receiving end of a food challenge. <laughs> what else do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, so the Book of Mormon musical. Heard of it. Uh, have you seen has it? Has God's endorsement. I haven't seen it. It has God's endorsement? That's right. You heard it. Well, you might think so from a recent playful promotion urging London goers to buy tickets to the uh, beloved show when it opens July 12th at the Prince of Wales Theater. Uh, now, the headline says, Calling All Elders of London, uh, which kind of makes you think about the elders of London. The elders uh, of London. Uh, the Facebook ad proclaims tickets to see God's favorite musical at the Prince of Wales Theater are now back on sale. I, what you waiting for? Come to see the, the Mormons uh, from July 2021 now. So, yeah, so they're back in, and evidently, who would have known it was his favorite musical? I wouldn't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't but, think I wouldn't think so either. A little bit racist. Yeah, uh, there I would have thought racist. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, <laughs> maybe. A little theater humor, everybody. Who's with him? Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, are you going to Zoom Church still? Uh, have Have not. Or, or I'm sorry, Zoom Church, yes. Yes, yeah, Zoom Church. Yeah. So did you know that they are taking attendance based on who is in the Zoom? Uh, yes, I had heard that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that. It, it stands to reason, but what what they're doing, because we are a church that's not about the numbers, but is sometimes all about the numbers, is it right. says uh, estimate attendance based on the number of connections and the average number of people per household using the unit statistics, etc. And then you can ask members attending remotely to report the number of attendees in their household. So I didn't know that. So, some are probably mm. taking that extra step. There's two people in your household, Brother Kyle, so they count two on the on the records for attending sacrament meeting that day. That's how funding and different structure for the, the church is set up. But I had no idea. It stands to reason, but I, it, it is a thing to me that I, I just had no idea was going on. Um, yeah. um, 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 um. Where else do I want to go? Uh, there is a nonprofit that aims to transform a historic church in the west side of Salt Lake City to an art castle. I think this is super cool. This is back in the day when churches were not cookie cutter and the same. Uh, it's a church that's on 915 West, 100 South in Poplar Grove, which is a kind of a suburb of downtown mm. Salt Lake. The neighborhood, yeah. not particularly great, but maybe this will help gentrify it. Um, they're going to spend $4 million, uh, that is this nonprofit, uh, to make it an immersive art exhibit, a sculpture garden, and performance stage, uh, and call it the Hidden Gem of Poplar Grove. And I'm showing Kyle on uh, the Zoom, which if you are a Patreon saint, you can see. Check out how cool that old church is. Oh, you can wow. find a link to this in the show notes at theculturalhall.com. I've never seen that. Now, that's yeah. a church. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's fun. I miss that. And a lot of the downtown Salt Lake too. churches uh, yeah. have stained glass, have, you know, the the second level where you can watch church. It's it's fun. What else do you have? I'm, I'm appreciative of our churches, but they're a little boring. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. fine, yeah. like many homes, but that church was beautiful. Yeah, they're very functional. And, and I would agree, like a home, right? Like some people really like that, you know, my home could be the same as your home. In fact, my home that I live in, it is what's called a catalog home. They used to order the homes out of a Sears catalog. This is not a joke. Look it up. And oh, yeah. so and so several homes on my street have the same brick, have the same floor plan, because what would happen is you would get you and whoever else to be able to order these homes from the catalog. And then the foundation people would come and they would pour one house and then they'd pour the next house and then they'd pour the next house. And then the brick masons would come and they would do one house and then the next house and the next house. It was a way to make it affordable and a way to make things pretty, um, you know, standardized, which is what we kind of do in the church now. Uh, what else do we have? Um, I got I got one more. Uh, let me let me supersede you real quick. Yeah. Um, I didn't know what a gerontocracy was. Until this last week, uh, there is an article by um, Jana Reese. Uh, this was in the Religion News Service uh, talking about how there is an average age of 90 for top uh, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Th this is in reference to 
um, another church's leader being uh, accused and has evidence of sexual misconduct. That's sort of where the impetus for this article occurred. But it talks about how uh, a gerontocracy is where organizations are led by age, you know, so like the Supreme, right. the Supreme Court, I guess, could be a gerontocracy. Well, where you can retire or, you know, step down, maybe not so much the case. Um, but but the church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, certainly that. And and it talks about uh, all of the benefits of being, you know, led by some folks with some age and some wisdom and also some of those things that would not be uh, so beneficial from having a gerontocracy. Certainly divisive or divisive as we shared it on Facebook, but great conversations had. Most of these articles, if you're not following the Cultural Hall on Facebook. We share them and get great discussion as people go, oh, I really like that this is a thing. And other people who go, I hate that it is old people leading the church so very much. Why can't we have a younger person inspired to lead the church? So uh, it, it's worth a read. And, and Jana does a pretty good job. I don't always love everything, but I love most things. Maybe I just don't love everything from anyone. You know, I mentioned that with Robert Kirby. I mentioned that with Jana Reese. Maybe I just don't love anyone unconditionally. Yeah. I love you unconditionally. I know. Yeah. You already knew that? Yeah. Okay. I appreciate you it. Do, <laughs> you want to do your last story? Uh, yeah. Uh, President Joe Biden has reestablished the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Uh, Latter-day Saint backers of the new committee of the new commander-in-chief uh, couldn't be happier, they say, especially with his choice to oversee the agency. Melissa Rogers, the new executive director, and Josh Dickinson, her deputy, a long track record working with Latter-day Saints in a variety of uh, variety of capacities. The office established it was established by George Bush and continued uh, under Barack Obama. Uh, interestingly enough, it foundered under Donald Trump. Hmm. Huh. Uh, and the, but Biden, the nation's second Catholic president, is reviving it. Uh, he says this is not a nation that can or will simply stand by and watch the suffering around us. That is not who we are. That is not what. Faith calls us to be, the new president said in a religious news service story. We will have many difficult rights to endure, but we will get through them together and with faith guiding us through the darkness and into the light. So uh, what a terrible president. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, the, Republicans. That the President Biden, the, sec- the thing that I, yes. that I always am sort of struck by every time I hear it, he's only the second Catholic president. Uh, th- that's right, yeah. Uh, and the first... Uh, I'm just trying to remember who the first was, but yeah, I, John, I F. Ken- th- John F. Kennedy. Yeah, John F. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you would think with and, the prevalence of the Catholic Church that there would be more, but it's not the case. Right, and most of them are, uh, you know, God-fearing men, religious men. Uh, I think one through forty-four were, and then uh, now again forty-six. But uh, and, Bro- and, but I brother don't know Kyle, what- I don't have time to edit all of this. <laughs> what? Nothing. Just saying no- nothing. Many men of faith have, have been in the president's seat. Mostly men of faith, uh, God-fearing I, men. So, so a couple things so that I don't have to edit this out. One, I think that he would claim, that is, 45 would claim that he was a man of faith. Whether, My tongue is in my cheek right yeah, now. Uh, whether, or, whether or not he actually was, you can have your opinion about that. That's fine. Uh, secondarily, I think that there are probably other presidents along the way, maybe before your time, so you have to go back 60 years, but uh, other presidents who were not men of faith. So less During my time, yeah, there have been le- men of le- not faith. Le- lest we... They, they, they are of faith. Yeah. They say, I'm a man of faith, right. because that's what gets votes. Right, right. So lest we cast so, judgment... So that's to everybody. I've just... I, I narrowed it to every. Pretty much every president. Perfect. Thank you. It's a way to get votes. Yep. Uh, the YSA wards, that is the young single adult wards in the state of Utah, can now meet for the second hour. That hopefully to help wow. people find their significant other and get married and further the work of the church. <laughs> there. Now I'm getting us in trouble. Uh, it is interesting as the number and rates for COVID in the state of Utah change the way that the church seemingly across the nation is opening up to be able to worship in um in person. Uh, we have not done it but one time since last March. I don't think that we will for a while. Most of my ward is people 60 plus, and so they want to make sure that it's safe. But it is, it is fascinating to see how in various areas in the country, 
that it really seems to be based on who your stake president is or who your bishop, your leadership is, will determine whether or not you can go back to church. Because the church has kind of said, hey, follow the CDC guidelines. And the CDC has said, eh, we don't really prefer it, but I mean, you can do it kind of. And so depending on how... Um, I don't want to use the word risky, but how your the comfortability level of your ecclesiastical leader is defining whether or not you're meeting in person. In fact, there are several people here in the state of Utah who missed going to church maybe but a time and have constantly been going in person. That has not been the case for me. The Linden, Utah Temple uh, has announced its location. Uh, you can uh, find out more about that at theculturalhall.com. Uh, there are also uh, increasing efforts, including just this past week, the um, Friend to Friend, uh, which was a huge event that the uh, church did for the primary age kids. They want to make sure that we are not forgetting our kids uh, as part of primary. That 40-minute program, the Friend to Friend that the church did, uh, encouraged you know us to to remember our our little ones as we continue to be on lockdown and and. Uh, you know, socially distant, remember that that those interactions are important to do them safe and that people stay close uh, within the church. We seriously have, it is so much news, I can't even get through all of it. So let me just hit these things up. All links available at theculturalhall.com. Jacob Rue, who is a previous guest here of the Cultural Hall, he penned an article for the um, the uh, BYU Student Universe, which is the newspaper down there, that said educated voters within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are learning, leaning rather more democratic. Uh, he used a series of graphs and maps to show how votes are becoming bluer over time in communities that are highly populated with church members. Along the Wasatch Front, there were 239 precincts voted for President Joe Biden, who is a Democrat, and then also voted for Utah Governor Spencer Cox, who is a Republican. So maybe a unique time with this past election. As you have pointed out, not so delicately, there are certainly people who had their thoughts about 45. They'll be interested to see what it looks like in 2024 when we have another election. Uh, there is an amazing guide uh, given by Rosemary Card. Uh, she is a previous guest of the Cultural Hall as well. I'll leave a link to that episode in the in the Cultural Hall notes. Um, but she has written a new book, House of Light, Your Guide to the Temple, uh, which lays out some of the logistics and principles of the temple-going experience. She says, quote, There are so many things that people stress about when they go through for the first time. There's so much confusion about what we can and we can't talk about. The reality is we can talk about most of it as long as we are respectful. Uh, her self-published online volume is meant to provide the answers to questions that you didn't know you had. Uh, where you go, what you need to bring, what to wear, what will happen, and what will be expected of you. So uh, it seems to be that a lot of people have really um, been appreciative of that resource. What was sort of an odd thing to me, and I know that they have to do it because these things take time, effort, and means to be able to, to do it, but she is charging for that, for that online resource, and uh, I thought that might be something that she would do for free, but I recognize time. Time is money. You want people to pay for things, so I think it's 10 bucks, and people can check that out. Uh, I'll leave a link for that in the Cultural Hall uh, show notes, theculturalhall.com. Two more, I promise. Uh, Yahosh Bonner, who has not been uh, in the cultural hall, but his brother certainly has. He has a video that is going around as, as part of Black History Month uh, where he sings uh, Negro spirituals, songs that were often sung by um, African-American slaves as they worked. It is so great. I, I can't describe it uh, well, only to say that it's very moving. It's very informational. Uh, and you can find a, a link to his Instagram live video in the show notes as he sings those songs. And then finally this, and hopefully future guest of the Cultural Hall, Marcus Martins. Does that name sound familiar to you? No. He was 19 years old in June 1978. He had no expectation of serving a mission because of priesthood restriction that precluded him from doing so. However, on June 8th of that year, when a friend called him, uh, he found out that the priesthood ban had been lifted, and he was, in fact, the first black missionary 
to serve a mission after the priesthood ban was lifted. Now, hmm. uh, a fascinating story in and of himself. He was uh, interviewed for the All In, which is Morgan Jones's podcast uh, that's part of LDS Living. Hopefully we're going to get him here in the cultural hall to be able to talk about it. But he talks about how sometimes when we try and explain the priesthood ban, that we do ourselves no favors and actually make it worse. When we say, oh, the reason why is because Cain, the reason why is, you know, all of these things that we may try to do to explain it away. It is a, a great article that, again, is linked to that. And we have been put in contact uh, with uh, Elder Marcus Martins, the first missionary to serve after the priesthood ban was lifted. And hopefully he will be a future episode of the Cultural Hall. Brother Kyle, we made it. We got through all of it. There's a lot. I know. Sorry. Sorry, everyone, for the lateness of the episode. Thank you, Brother Kyle. I'll let you get back to your words, the morons that you have to deal with in your daytime. My gosh. <laughs> Not ever going to hear that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'll let you get back to that. Is that going to be in trouble? Is that going to get you in trouble? Should I delete no. that? No, they're fine? No. All right. Everybody has to work with morons. Yeah, yeah. Boy, this moron I'm, wor I'm working with right now. <laughs> I get it. He's pointing at me. <laughs> that moron right there. That one know, right on the screen. Yeah. Wait, which way are you? I'm on that my way. I'm that way. You're, All right. Uh, you uh, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the video is worth it. Patreon.com forward slash the cultural hall. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you're sick or afflicted, you'll be well and you can listen next week. And uh, that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the cultural hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back.